Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Noticing. I'm your host, best-selling author Johnny B. Truant, and I'm here to help you give the muse the finger and make life your muse instead. In each 10-minute episode, I'll tell you how I spun something mundane into inspiration and show you how to do the same. If you've ever wondered how to write better, how to be creative, how to get more ideas, you're in the right place. Let's start noticing. Today, I noticed that I am waking up consistently at 3 a.m. Now, I know this is hardly a groundbreaking thing. 3 a.m. is a time that a lot of people tend to wake up. If you Google for it, why am I waking up at 3 a.m.? For some reason, people always say 3 a.m. Sometimes you'll see two, sometimes you'll see four, but three is like this sweet spot. And I think it relates to like a hormonal thing where at that point, there's either something that is at its highest point in the middle of the night or at the lowest point. And you can see all the science that I have put into figuring this out. But the point isn't what causes it. The point isn't some sort of implication that my experience is unique in that I am waking up at this time. It's that I noticed that it occurs and it made me think about the patterns that exist in all of our lives, whether we are consciously paying any attention to them or not. So there's the patterns in physiologically in our bodies. So in this case, the one obviously that got me thinking about this was this 3 a.m. wake up. And, you know, I, I'm not the best sleeper uh, as, as a whole. I, I tend to sleep really well during my sleep cycles, which is there's a 90-ish minute cycle that all of us tend to go through over and over again each night. And we surface about every 90 minutes, very near to waking. And for some reason, for me, I always completely wake up during that time, whereas other people might just come very near waking or they wake and they don't remember it or they wake and they roll over and they go to bed. For me, I always have to get up. It's just something it's kind of annoying. I literally get out of bed like four times a night and I have for absolutely forever. So noticing that rhythm is a little bit clearer to me, especially since I have tried uh, messing around. I'm still trying to figure out how to lucid dream, which is something that you can learn and I've had just a tiny bit of success, but in order to do that, you need to have some awareness of like sleep cycles. And so putting this 3 a.m. awakening thing together with what I already knew about sleep and the rise and fall of the cycles, and we go through, you know, stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four, and the REM periods where dreams occur. But so not just the physiological brain cycles in that way, but there are cycles of of hot and cold. If you were to measure your body temperature all day, it has a high and a low. And that's why most people sleep better when it's cool is because that has to do with thermoregulation in the body. But if you expand that out further and you say, well, what are my moods like in cycles? And what are what are the tendencies that that I that I always put into my routine? Most of us have some sort of a routine. We wake up at the same time. We have, you know, breakfast at around the same time. My wife and I take a quick walk around the block. Um, used to take our dog, but the dog has decided she now just wants to sniff locally and go right back inside. Don't ask the dog if you want to understand that because I don't get it. But that's the same thing that we do every day. And then my work has a rhythm to it too. I tend to do my most creative work in the morning. When I was writing a whole lot of fiction consistently, I wrote from like between say eight and noon, something like that. Um, and I'll go back to that. And we always tend to get into these patterns. And so there's a few lessons here as, as far as creativity and what I'm thinking. And one is just acknowledging the fact that we do have cycles, like just 
base level. You don't need to delve too deep. And this could mean that there are times when we're very creative and times when we just kind of aren't there. And this would be classically not finding the muse, even though the whole point of this podcast is not waiting for the muse. There are times when you kind of feel more creative than other times. There are times you feel like delving more than others. So for instance, as sort of a macro level on that, uh, well, this would be like a mid-level. I always take the weekends off and I, I love creating. I love working, but I still take the weekends off because I know that I kind of need that to reset my brain from what I was working on the previous week, but also to make me hungry for the next week. If I have two days off, it's like, oh, on Monday, man, I'm eager to get back to it. When can I get back to it? And then there's a cycle on top of that where sometimes you're just kind of in a creative season of your life and sometimes you aren't. Sometimes there are uh, reorganization phases where it's like you kind of just need to figure out who you are and what is it that I want to do with my creativity? And if you're going to shift from one style to another, you know, if you're a visual artist or a painter, we can look at the classic painters and they often have phases or periods, I guess they usually call them. And so that's the sort of thing too. Or if you're a writer, you might start notice, you might start wanting to write different phases, different styles of things in different phases of your life. And so acknowledging those phases is one thing because then you learn not to fight them. And that's one of the things that I've done is realizing, you know, at around three or 4 PM, I shouldn't even attempt to write something. I've done it before, but knowing that that is my cycle is like, I can save myself a lot of hassle if I just don't even try and just wake up in the morning and say, yeah, you know what? There's hours of the day left and man, I feel like I should do something, but it's just not part of the cycle. And so I'm going to back away. So that's one. And then acknowledging that stories themselves often have rhythms and repeating elements and motifs. This is something that I love to do all the time is I will identify some sort of an element that I want to keep reinserting to remind the reader and keep an idea fresh with them. I I think I may have mentioned on a previous episode, I had um, a book where there was a cue for a character to remember a key summer in his past when he was a kid. And it was the Oasis song Wonderwall. And so snippets from that song would, would appear periodically like a wave rising and falling in that story. But anything that has a theme or um, a lot of times in a film, it's called an image system, even though it's not strictly an image. So there may be water that repeats several times. Um, you watch the movie Alien, That's uh, there's a lot of, let's just say, sexual symbology that exists in that movie. And it's a repeating element and it has a purpose. So if you are able to create, I would say find and then exploit Because again, I don't think that we're usually imposing our order. I think it makes more sense to discover the order that something wants to have, at least for me, and then bring it out, coax it out, darken it in some way. And then I would say one more way that this can be useful in a creative vein is that thing where we step back and on the meta level, and we recognize that we are creating characters to some degree. So I'm creating characters on the page of a novel, but a screenwriter is creating characters that will come to life on the screen and a visual artist may be drawing characters and trying to capture something about real life in the art. That's usually what art is, some sort of a reflection 
of the real world. It usually contains some sort of element of the real world or aspiration to a different world or wouldn't it be different, but there's, there's still this stake in the ground of the real world. And so the more accurate the real world, the real world can be, whether you are then supporting it and and bringing something out that I want to show you this about the real world or whether you are railing against it, like this kind of stinks in the real world. It's important that you get the real world correct. So anything that you can add to a character to make them feel more real is going to do that job. And this is just one more thing. Something as simple as a character waking up at 3 a.m. or noticing that they're always hot at 4 o'clock in the afternoon or whatever it is. Boy, I always get hungry at this time. Um, You know, I need a nap. Uh, I could even see a world where like the need for a nap becomes like a crucial plot point. I could see seeding that and then later that is relevant or a character is gone because they're taking a nap. I don't mean to harp on nap, but you get the idea that a repeating element is something that can be used as a device in about a hundred different ways. So these are all ways that you can, that I will look to bring this awareness of natural patterns into my creativity and for my fellow artists, kind of a neat trick. All right, that's it for today. If you'd like more, there's a full article about every episode on my website at johnnybtruant.com, as well as show notes and transcripts. If you find value in what I do, please consider becoming a member of the site. Just click on membership at the top. Members get extra weekly episodes of the podcast, extra companion articles, my current in-progress book, if you're into that sort of thing, and more, all for just a few bucks a month. It's basically like buying me a cup of coffee. If membership isn't for you, please show your support by subscribing, sharing, reviewing, all that good stuff. It really does make a difference. Thanks for listening and stay curious.